The first lesson for today is from Acts chapter 4. I know last week we were in chapter 20 and the week before that chapter 3. Now we're back to chapter 4, a little closer to Pentecost, but I want you to notice a little historical context. Remember that two weeks ago in chapter 3, Peter had done a miracle and it needed explanation and he said, it wasn't us, this is the risen Jesus that did it. This is God's proving his son before your very eyes that that miracle had taken place. Well, after that, they were imprisoned because of it, and there was pressure to be quiet about the resurrection of Jesus. But God used that for great blessings. Peter got back out of jail, and the number of believers grew to over 5,000. And here, Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, gives us a little glimpse and view of that early Christian church. And that's what we get to read and focus on for the sermon today from Acts 4. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. The word of the Lord. Christ is risen. He is risen Amen and Alleluia. Jesus took his low stool, a little wash basin, and he made it to your feet. And then what? There's that moment in the upper room with Jesus with his disciples. He was washing their feet, and he came to Peter. Peter, never short for words. Are you going to wash my feet? And that's all Peter needed to do to open up the jar for Jesus to explain. And I don't know if you remember what Jesus said to Peter next, but it did uh, take that moment far away from any simple skin-washing moment. This isn't just about dirty feet anymore, Peter. Jesus said this to Peter. He said, you don't understand what I'm doing for you right now, but you will later. Isn't that interesting? Because who doesn't get a dirty foot? Wash it, right? Who doesn't get, I have a dirty feet. You're, you're being a servant. You're showing love. Humility, right? Jesus is taking on this role that none of the other disciples had done in that upper room to wash their feet. And he's teaching them, but actually Jesus says, you don't get it. You don't get it. But you will. And Peter answers, no. <laughs> 
you're not washing my feet. And I've got this 36 inches by 24 painting in my office of this moment with Peter's got his hand out in Jesus' face. Jesus is down on the floor. Take a look at it after the service. And he's going to wash Peter's feet. And Peter's saying, no, you're never gonna, you're not going to wash my feet. And that's when Jesus comes back with this line. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Did you hear that? Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Nothing in common, nothing shared, nothing me and nothing you, nothing vine, nothing branch, unless I wash you. This was the identity Jesus was going to be for all people, Peter included, all sinners, was to be a savior, a washer. So he's saying, you don't get what I'm doing right now. This isn't skin. This isn't your toes, your dirty toes, dirty heels. It isn't about that. It's a lot bigger. Unless I wash you, Peter, you have no part with me. It's about forgiveness. It's about his work as God to save him from his sins. That was a huge moment to explain his mission. Do you see that? When we're going to look at the vine and the branches today and the fruits in Acts chapter 4, we understand that this isn't any old community under any old kind of prophet or Jesus. Jesus wasn't about everything. Jesus was about something specific. We have a specific vine that was grown in the name of the Lord for specific branches to be attached to it and specific fruit on the ends. This isn't about washing, washing skin, Peter. You don't understand, but you will. You will. We're going to share the same will, the same heart, the same desire. It's going to come, Peter. Okay? I'll, but I need, this is the vine I am. Without this, we have nothing. Without this, we have nothing. Do you hear that? Without me being this specific kind of vine. So Jesus makes it clear to you and to me today that that vine is a saving vine. And that branch is a believing branch. And that fruit is a selfless fruit. This is what we're going to see in Acts chapter 4. Let's outline it a little bit together, okay? Um, can, you, can you visualize Acts chapter 4? 32 down to 37, kind of with your eyeballs. And we start, Luke wants to show you um, believers. You got the branches, right? He's looking at the branches. The, look at these branches. They were one in heart and mind. And something almost like we're the audience in this crowd that's like looking at this uh, community in a, in a fishbowl. You know, we're all kind of looking, what do they got going on in there? Like, like outsiders would have been looking in. And he looks at this fishbowl community with us and he says, look at these believers gathered together. One heart and mind they shared together. And not one of those fish, not one among them, called their possessions their own. That none of them said, this is mine. They had everything in common. It means I could take the, the microphone interview and be like, Dennis, is your stuff your stuff? You'd be like, no, God gave it to me. It's a blessing in my life. Joanne, is your stuff? Your stuff? Courtney, is your stuff? Your stuff? Is it just yours? Is that where it came from? Just yours? Barbara, your stuff? Your stuff? Tasha, your stuff? Your stuff? 
you all want me to call your name, right? I go back through the room a couple of times. <laughs> you, missed, you missed a couple, Pastor. <laughs> a couple of fish in the bowl. And not, there was not one of them that said, that's mine. They were all these branches, all these different people, all the same heart and mind, all the inner, all the inner stuff was identical. That's the first look. And then, you know what he says next? And the apostles powerfully proclaimed the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were preaching the vine, the saving vine. This was a community of believing branches that was continuing to be fed by the vine, the resurrection. What does that mean for you? If we're ever to be on this tree, what fuels you? What feeds you? What drives you? This is so crucial because we often get it wrong. When you woke up today, when you get up for work, when you sit in the living room, when you cook a meal, when you're folding laundry, when you're out with the neighbors, when you come to church, what's fueling you? What's moving this? What is this branch connected to? The apostles continued to anchor believers in the resurrection. They needed their seven weeks and then some, right? Every Sunday is like this mini Easter because it's the, the day of resurrection. We're always living in this moment of, of Easter's truth and reality in our lives, proclaiming it back into you, proclaiming it back in, feeding your spirit with it. What that means is there is no such thing as feeding off of the wealth of the world, feeding off of social status in the eyes of your peers, feeding off of accomplishments and achievements that you have done in life. That's no fuel for the soul. That's not why you get up in, out of bed in the morning and, and entertain a day. The power that is work in you are the words of Christ that are at work in you, and the apostles would not let the people forget it. Because there's a specific vine you will always need to depend on to be alive. And that's true for every branch. This community Luke describes is first called a multitude, a crowd of believers. Not anything else. Trusting ones. And to a person, bring the microphone around, they would all say that the reason I'm here is because he lives. To flesh that out means to say that without the proclamation of Easter in my life, I'm dead. That without, for me to be who I want and need to be in the world before God, and for my neighbor, I can do nothing without Jesus telling me I'm forgiven. For me to be who I want and need to be in the world before God and, and for my neighbor, I cannot do any of it without peace with God first. 
without my feet by faith being planted in that heavenly soil in Jesus' name, that that's what I get. Without any of that, we crumble to pieces. We are dead branches. So when we talk about faith and what feeds faith, it is faith that becomes this full-armed thing around the Easter cross, around Christ crucified and the victory over that cross. It is this image of the, of the empty linens, right, that's on this. This is the one. This is the one I always want. This is the one I always need. Faith wraps a full embrace around the Easter cross, that empty, that accomplished work, an empty tomb, right? And that's where it finds its fuel. That's where I find who I am. That's where I am empowered to live and be different today because Jesus lives. Jesus lives, as you remember, the same truth we said on Easter, is that certain hope that says God's plan of salvation for you has been accomplished. That though you were a sinner and bound for hell, Jesus did in fact pay for your sins and win for you peace with God and a relationship with him that's never going to end. And that message takes that dead branch right off the ground and sticks it and says, because I live, so you live. Fueled resources nourishment, nutrition, right? I, I'm, being, I'm being pushed into life by the word of God that took me there. So Jesus says, whoever remains in me and my words remain in them. Did you see that subtle change from the phrase earlier? If I remain in you and you remain in me, and then he kind of clarifies, it's my words. Christ with his words. His words remaining in you, that specific saving vine. You, Jesus, are not mere prophet. You're not a foot washer. You are a soul washer, and you have washed me. And because of that, I live. A believing branch. So people in this community, as you get to know them, that had all this shared inner working. You wouldn't go around and say, well, I, we came to church today because we're newlyweds and we just wanted to cover all the bases. Nope. We were lost and now we're found because he lives. That's why we're here in church today. You don't go and, t and talk to somebody and say, why are you here? Who are you and what are you doing? And you say, well, I'm just trying to fix this issue I got in life. I'm feeling guilty about it, and I just want to kind of make that little slice of my pie correct. No, whole pie, throw it in the garbage. Jesus lives, and so I live. I need that word of forgiveness. That's why I'm here today, because he's a living vine. He's a specific living vine. He's a wash-me kind of vine, a saving vine that this desperate branch needs every day to live. This is why we sing the hymn, Chief of Sinners, Though I Be, because our life is in Christ. Jesus shed his blood for me. This is such a crucial thing for me to live. As a branch is to the vine, I am his, and he is mine. Specific saving vine. Specific believing branch married to it. It's only one thing going on, one heart, one mind.
Then what? Fruits. Specific things came out of it. Jesus said somewhat severely, branches that don't bear fruit, cut off. I think that's the same thing our hearts do when we recognize before God that Jesus, my saving vine, has forgiven me all my sins, and now I'm going to treat another person in this world like that. I'm going to treat somebody not as his, but as mine to do with, as I want. That's not right. Cut that out. Specific fruit, selfless fruit, is attached to that believing branch to a saving vine. Specific, specific, specific. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Believing sinners, Lord have mercy on me. A sinner has part, trust, full embrace of that Easter cross. You know what pours out of that living branch grafted to that specific vine is that fruit of that selfless sharing. What can I do for your soul? What needs can I meet in your life? How can I share this love of God that is so powerfully at work to be enacted out in my life for you? I have this weird illustration of going like this. Okay, this is my pose for today. Okay, <laughs> do I look like a branch? <laughs> but it's because my, my foot, my foot is attached you know, and, and we're focusing in on this rich middle that God has always had in mind. Jesus has always had in mind to, to wash Peter's feet. It was Peter that kind of resisted the story, but Jesus always had in mind making this connection, and the reach is the same reach of God for souls, for love, for care, for selfless giving, this fruit. And, and see, the vine is feeding it into my toes right now, and it's going through, and then here's my fruit on the other end. It's either that or tip me over and pour me out, kind of, you know, being filled by the love of God kind of language. This is why I have to step away from the pulpit, Paul, for the online viewers, because you can't do this and be seen and otherwise so but to but to imagine this at work in the believers hearts luke is saying this is a testimony to people of what this community was it says nothing about you it says everything about what's at work in you it says everything about him and we said this in our prayer of the day today i just spun for the worship folder God, you form the minds of your people into a single will. Make, make us. Tell me I'm forgiven. Give me peace with God. Anchor my feet in eternal life, knowing that you live so I live. Make us love what you command and desire what you promise. Nothing else says this like you do, vine. There is no other saving vine under heaven given to men by which we can be saved, right? Nobody else talks like this. I can desire what you alone promise me. I'm reaching. Are you reaching with me for the same thing? The glory of God. The glory of his name. 
eternal life for which he has grafted me in. The forgiveness of sins that you would know you're forgiven, that I would express his peace to you. It's all the fruit that's just pouring through from my God to you. A testimony on display in the world. Little fishbowl, believers, one heart and mind doing the same thing. We had a congregational meeting this morning. And how that turns out may go in a couple different directions of ministry, but we all agree. We all agree that we want to praise God and serve others. We all agree that eternal life is the goal and bringing as many people there as possible. This is what our desire is. Um, That among the many changes of this world, our hearts may ever yearn for the lasting joys of heaven. Not selfishly, but selflessly. You have given me this. My heart is after it. Let me show it. My brothers and sisters in Christ, this is not an easy thing. Time and again, our sinful nature urges us to just be you in a day. You turn into this island of a branch, which isn't a thing, right? This little branch all by itself, living its own life, doing its own thing. Jesus is here fashioning a life for you that is a 24-7. Jesus is here empowering a life at the word of his washing that would always be there for you because he lives to do this. Always be there for you to plant your feet in heaven's peace. Faith would occupy itself only with these truths. My faith is only this branch. I, apart from you, I do nothing. I'm going to call it nothing. Unless I am swimming in the deep end of your love, Lord, I am nothing. A branch knows that the vine is the be-all and end-all. So you get out of bed and you say, Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sins. I am yours today. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me breath Let me serve in your kingdom today. Thank you, Jesus, for granting me peace with God. This is what we do every worship service. Now set me free into this world to love others and be selfless and to bear the fruit that bears your name. God did it. He did it for them. And he will do it for us to the glory of his saving name. God grant it. Amen.